The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. Hi, welcome back to Tea and Talk. This is Robert Bain. In today's episode, I would like to continue my discussion with Bahamian architect, musician, playwright, and poet, Mr. Patrick Ramming, where we had the opportunity to discuss many nuances of the present-day attitude and the lack of interest in what can be a game-changer for our country. Wow. The political power without, without the expression of culture is meaningless. Uh, I completely agree. I concur with that. You know, um, I, um, on one of the, the podcasts we, we had talked about, uh, I had mentioned that there were some uh, countries around the world who actually recognized the fact that culture play a very important part in their economic life. And they, they've decided to, in some way, pull back and to include, make, make a, 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 a concerted effort to include that aspect of their existence in their, I guess, in their, their, in their lives. Uh, they refer to it now as what? The orange economy? I don't, I don't like the term. I don't like it either, but yeah. that's, yeah. I, I don't like the term because um, it, it's sort of like saying, for me, mm -hmm. just, just me, right? Um, I'm an architect, right? Um, it's like saying, building flat-roofed houses. It's a style, right? Mm -hmm. The reality is, the reality is our economy is our economy and it ain't got no color and it ain't no style. Mm -hmm. It's the economy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nothing else. If you looked at the tourism economy, and I've heard people say we should get out of it because it's not you know, sufficient to, to keep us going. The reason we've been experiencing that is because what we are currently doing is not the business of tourism. Yes. Right? We're, we're facilitating the activity of tourism. And in fact, the model that we've created, and it's only been created in the last 50 years, is a model that says, I'm not in the business of tourism but I can give people who are an opportunity to locate themselves here. Wow. That's what a major resort is. Yes. A major resort is a destination of its own. Mm -hmm. That's, um, I, I try to explain to people that there's a difference between a resort and a hotel. A hotel sells accommodations. Mm -hmm. It's part of the infrastructure needed to run a uh, tourism business. Right. A resort 
sells an experience and has its own accommodations. That makes it its own destination. Hmm. Someone from New York can buy a week in Atlantis, come down, reach the airport, take a limo to Paradise Island, spend a week, jump in the limo and go back to the airport and leave, fully satisfied that they got what they purchased. Wow. And never got set chance. foot That's right. on New Providence. On New Providence. So whose customer is that? Wow. Wee. It's not it's not the destination's customer. The destination's customer would be someone who stayed in a hotel at the destination, ate breakfast at the restaurant around the corner, took a taxi to wherever they were going to go to be entertained, etc. Wow. Yes. That's the customer of the destination. We have not had that customer since the mid-70s. Wow. I'll tell you something that is hard for people to wrap their heads around. Every hotel on this island went bankrupt in the 70s and we didn't notice. Really? The Montague, the Prince George, the Drake, the Carlton, the Mayfair, the Windsor, they're all hotels that you knew in your early childhood. They don't exist anymore. They stopped existing before the beginning of the 80s. Hmm. And that would only happen if the destination had no customers. Right. Wow. We, there's a lot. Um, we have a... Where, where would you like to see the Bahamas? I mean, where would you like to see the Bahamas in the next... 50 years. I mean, we wouldn't be here, but what, uh, I mean, well, some of us might be here. Well, I just finished, I, I was just listening to a, a talk on prosperity, uh -huh. right? And the, the key to that talk was prosperity has nothing to do with money. Mm -hmm. It has to do with consciousness, right? Where I would like us to be is to have a prosperity consciousness, I'd gotcha. like us to understand that we are by far the most gifted people on the planet. I don't have to argue that. I say it the all the evidence, time. The evidence is there. I say it all the time. Right? What we, what we have the opportunity to do is to prosper beyond all our imagination. But it requires a, a level of, conf of consciousness. It requires us to understand that we're that special. We are. We definitely are. Um, wow, this is, uh, this is, all of this is mind-boggling. I, I, I tend, I, my thoughts are, I think that um, the whole country is lopsided. We, we do well in other areas. Um, what so other areas? Well, I mean, so to speak, you know, or or the pairs. <laughs> okay, let me change that. It appears that we're doing well in other areas, like in possibly banking and and certain investments, people coming in. But it's just lopsided because the it doesn't tie in the it doesn't tie the people into that. There well, are only a few persons that benefit from that from that particular experience. It don't it don't 
it don't go over the hill. Um, it don't go over the hill. Uh, interesting. You know, I just wanted just for a second. Um, you talk about that mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I just somebody just went into my. I just thought of something. A couple of years ago, I took a group of kids to London um, to the World Travel Market. Um, that was having how's the tea. Excellent. Interesting. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Your taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet Margaret. I ain't telling. I ain't saying who I buy it from. But I just want to say this: if if, if any company want to sponsor any of these programs, um, please uh, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to want your ad read on the program, please reach out to me. And mm-hmm. at the end of the program, I'll give you the address that you can actually write to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as I was saying, we traveled uh, to Earl's Court, and we went there to see. Mm-hmm. where the Bahamas had this booth set up, where the countries from all around the world comes. And I, I think the, that t- the government had to pay for us to actually perform on a stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you get, here you have this opportunity to get in front of all these uh, uh, world cameras, people taking photographs and uh, saying stuff. And we took, of course, we took John Canoe. Um, and, um, but... We got an opportunity to actually see this process and uh, the, the process, how we actually go there and experience how we actually go there and try to get people to come to our country. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing about it is that when we went there, the persons that some of the persons that we took along with us, mm-hmm. they weren't interested in knowing that aspect of how mm-hmm. we, they just wanted the trip was fine and to actually be there. But as far as knowing how money came into the country, that was not important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing about that is, um, I just think it was, like you say, it was a show. They use us to show, uh, to, to, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, in, in the 1950s, Stafford Sands um, was very successful doing that, sending people to Europe to say, if you came to the Bahamas, this is the kind of um, entertainment that, that you, would, wow. you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it was quite successful, mm-hmm. right? Ask yourself this. In 2023, do I need to send you to... France, for the people in France to know what kind of entertainment they find in the Bahamas. I mean, we're well beyond that globally. Yes, we are. are. Nobody does that anymore except us. And the people in the Caribbean who follow us, right? It's a waste of money. That's not the way people get tourism business today. And And I'll tell you, I'll give you a statistic that, that I don't know whether you're familiar with. In 1991, the Bahamas led the Caribbean with 1.42 million stopover visitors. Wow. Jamaica was second at a million. Um, the Dominican Republic had 786,000 and Cuba had 450,000. So in the Northern Caribbean, we were doing well. Okay. Okay. In 2018, 
the Bahamas had gotten to 1.6 million. 1.6 million, okay? Jamaica was at 2.3 million. Cuba was at 3.7 million. And the Dominican Republic was at 6.4 million. Wow. But guess what? Our newspapers were still saying that we're doing well. That's not well at all. Thank you. And, and part of the reason is that we refuse, we refuse to sit down and take a look, a serious look, at what we're doing. What we want to do is we want to hold on to the way we've always done it. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't work anymore. That, um, well... <clears throat> uh, but here's the irony. We're not even doing that. We think we're doing that. Prior to 1970... We think that the only thing we did to get people here was to show them the beach and some nightclub shows. But guess what? We also had destination attractions. Um, you've obviously heard of Speed Week. Two weeks of the best Yes. Race car drivers in the world. I haven't seen that in a couple of years. They haven't. Well, the original one you haven't seen since 1960-something. Okay, I've seen <laughs> right? photographs, yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, in 63, I saw a Tribune article that said in 63, when, they, when the week was finished, or the 10 days was finished, 70 cars would be in taken out of the country that had come in to race. I didn't even realize it was that many cars. Wow. But all the best drivers in the world, Moss Road in, in Oaksville is named after Britain's most famous race car driver, Sterling Moss. I don't think people know that. Right. Uh, there was a guy named the Marquis de Portago that raced here. Isn't it? That's Portego Street or Portago Street. Yes, I've it. seen it. Right. Um, so oh that God. was a major attraction that happened every December. We had a, the Hobby Horse Hall would have cup races that would be advertised in Florida. We had Miami Nassau powerboat race, Miami yes. Nassau sailboat I race. I remember. Right. Those are destination attractions to get customers into. New Providence or into the Bahamas. We've stopped doing it. And we need it more than ever now. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um, so while we think we're doing what we've always done, which is sending somebody overseas to say this is this is the Bahamas and paying a lot of money to advertise on, on television, right? Um, we're not. Um, 
since I have the chance, I'll also explain to you why the, the beach, the sun, sand, and sea that we're still trying to sell is no longer working. Mm. It's not because people don't like the beach. So don't bring me a survey saying, um, I like the beach. People love the beach. But it's a question of supply and demand. In 1960, if you lived in New Jersey, you, first of all, you needed to go someplace relatively close. Airplanes were slow, two and a half hours um, was the direct flight. They were fairly uncomfortable too. There was no such thing as a credit card. So you had to have cash, which you converted to traveler's checks. So being right off the shoreline of the United States was an incredible strategic advantage for us. Right? Us and Cuba did remarkably well because of that proximity. Mm -hmm. right? Fast forward a couple of decades. Now you could fly now and pay later. Airplanes are so much more comfortable and so much faster. Right? And now you have a credit card that means that you, I mean, um, you're, you're not restricted in that way. Credit cards today. And so, you don't have to swipe them the more you touch them. You just tap them. That's right. <laughs> this is something. So now, if I live in New Jersey and I want a sun, sand, and sea vacation, I could go to Bali just as easily as coming to Nassau. So it doesn't mean I don't like sun, sand, and sea. It means my choices for having a sun, sand, and sea vacation has just mushroomed. And so we can't get, there's a rule that says, if you're selling the same thing as your competitor, price drives your business. We can't be the cheapest in anything. You're right. So that's out of the question. When I tell people that the Dominican Republic now has nearly 7 million uh, stopover visitors a year, the first thing they jump up and say is, yeah, but they cheap down there. Well, that's funny, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got your point. So, yeah. so how, how, how are we going to... Um, how are we going to... Well, you and I um, have traveled the Caribbean. We've, we've traveled to take Bahamian culture all over the world, mm -hmm. right? Aspects. We have, we have to have noticed mm -hmm. that Guyana, sometimes people say Guyana is the poorest country in, in the Caribbean. Maybe it's fighting with Haiti, I don't know. But in Guyana, we performed in a 500-seat, almost brand-new theater. Yeah, that 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 I know. That takes me to another point because you actually made some. You talked about uh, the the Dundas going back to the theaters and uh, some of the things that uh, haven't been done yet. 
mm-hmm. and hope that within the next couple of years that my grandkids could actually benefit from it. And you had uh, alluded to the Dundas, you know, mm-hmm. who've actually uh, committed themselves to actually presenting a show each every month, every month, and they have to resort to to actually. Um, the theater, the actual theater, the black box. After resort to the black box, yeah. and, and interesting enough, now the I don't know the younger generation of Bahamians don't really know the history of the Dundist. Mm-hmm. I I learned it at 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 one point before it was a theater. It was a school for butlering, right? Mm-hmm. Right. People will go. Major Cumberbatch opened a school for domestic service. Tell us about that. I don't know all that much about it, but I know that what she what. They had at one point was they had these um, they taught people how to um, how to take care of of houses, how to make beds, how to serve tables and things like that. She saw the need for um, people who understood domestic service. She was a visionary, wasn't she? She was. I mean, I mean, she. I think she's also uh, uh, one of those persons um, that. Uh, Stairheaded the National Arts Festival uh, in its uh, beginning. Um, well, she—I don't know whether she spearheaded the National Arts Festival, but she would have had that level of influence, influence because yes. she taught yeah. both Clement and Cleophas, and also Winston. Um, and Winston, right. that's right. And he and so, it. Um, that's right. I forgot Hubert. Yeah, yeah, that's Hubert, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but. I mean, amazing woman. They amazing, amazing yeah. is, is not the word. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard some stories of her, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't help to notice that, uh, you know, Philip and and, the, and and Nico and the rest of the people that have done this, they 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 really try extremely hard. They are doing the best that they can, and they do really well mm-hmm. with with some of the things that they do not. They don't have the. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if they have some stuff, if, mm-hmm. if they were given a grant or given some sort of uh, serious, serious... Well, here's, here's what, what part of the problem is. And, and you know, I, I have no problem criticizing government when I think government needs to be criticized. And government has a role to play in what we're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. But... The society in general doesn't understand how, first of all, how important those activities are, not only at the level that I I talked about. I mean, everybody's running around, how do we stop the crime? How do we stop the crime? Mm -hmm. Well, antisocial behavior is 100% a self-image problem. Yes. 100% a self-image problem. And the extent to which you do things to build positive self-image is the extent to which you will get positive public behavior. Totally agree. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, cultural expression is a major, major device for just self-defense, just self-defense. Wow. <laughs> right. So, so we just don't understand. It's it's the same as true for youth organizations. I I 
have no trouble telling people the most important um, event of my life would have been when my grandmother grabbed me by the neck, marched me to Wesley Hall, and said, this boy come to join the Boys Brigade. Oh, with Uncle Simpson. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, it was the Life Boys at the time yes, yes. that I had to join. Yes. And Louetta Gibson was head of the Life Boys. Mm -hmm. But I went from Life Boys to Boys Brigade, mm -hmm. went from number one to number 14, okay. spent some wonderful years. But the point is that whether it's the Boys Brigade, the Boy Scout, the Royal Ambassador, whatever it is, those organizations... Their, their goal, their mission, is to build character Absolutely. in young people. Absolutely. And if you look around today and ask yourself what's missing, it's character in young people. So you can't sort of stand back and not be involved in those things and expect a society that behaves sanely. Mm. You, you're right. You know, um, I, I guess people don't want to hear, uh, some people don't like the word, um, um, Alinea, let me just go. In Venezuela, mm -hmm. that had a, a massive amount of, uh, amount of crime. Mm -hmm. They, um, what they did was they took, they used the art mm -hmm as a tool to curb the crime. Mm -hmm. And what they did was took the guns and knives out of the hands of young people mm -hmm. and placed in their hands instruments. Mm -hmm. uh, the Simon Orchestra of Venezuela, I think I'm saying that correctly, I might not be saying it correctly, but they have, they, they have created this, this, this body of young people mm -hmm. that plays um, these amazing instruments, and they, mm -hmm. they were featured at the proms in London at, at some point. They took the entire orchestra of these young people that were gangbangers uh, who could have gotten themselves in a lot of trouble. As a matter of fact, the conductor, uh, uh, um, Gustavo Grudemel, uh, Grudemel, who now, well, he used, I think he was conducting the uh, California Symphony Orchestra. I think he's now moved to Europe. Mm -hmm. But he was a product, and it was something they call El Sistema, the system. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, it sounds like you're taking, you're forcing people to do things. Just, it sounds kind of uh, communistic, in a, I guess, in a certain way, and people don't want to hear that. They don't want to. But that, that formula of just taking that instrument and placing it in the hands of, of, of these young people gave them hope. Well, you just said something that is very critical. You said something about forcing people. Right. Well, Call a spade a spade. A child is a child. child is a child. A child does not have the judgment to make adult decisions. My grandmother, who probably only made it to grade three or something like that, right, was smart enough to know that if I were going, if I was going to succeed in anything in life, I needed the discipline that the Boys Brigade would, would uh, give me, mm -hmm. right? She didn't have to be a brilliant woman, but she was a brilliant woman. And she took the responsibility of saying, listen, boy, 
you join in the boys' brigade. Man, I reached the age where my kids were boys' brigade age. The world was, I thought, different. And I thought I needed to be my children's friend. I needed to understand my children. So I sat them down and asked, would you like to join the boys' brigade? <laughs> and of course the answer, course no, the right? answer was no. <laughs> right? Parents have to learn to be parents. And if this idea of not forcing someone is nonsense. Mm -hmm. I know uh, people have their opinions on that, and uh, well, I this 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 conversation has been really interesting, and I think we need to do this again. I think there's there's so much um, that um, that we can learn from you, but um, I mean, I I sat here and uh, I'm listening, and uh, I'm learning, and uh, uh, there are things I didn't know. Um, my concern really is the lopsidedness of our beautiful country. Mm -hmm. um, I'm with you in terms of who we are as Bahamians. We are smart, we mm -hmm. are intelligent, we are creative, mm -hmm. we are amazing people. And one of my guests said earlier, it seems like when the politicians come to power, they become an authority on everything. Well, let me say that they don't. And uh, we need to fix whatever it needs to fix. It's like the arts will balance everything. Uh, you hate the word orange economy, but if you support us, support the art, there's so much that can happen. There's so much job opportunity that will open for people in the theaters, uh, uh, stylists, who, uh, designers, and light people, and carpenters, and and, and and barbers and everything the art I'm saying I'm saying that that is the economy that's not the economy with any prefix I know I know yes it's the economy the economy there is no other economy right okay <laughs> I got you all right but um, we need to we need to I know there's lots more to say mm -hmm. uh, but um, you know what I try to do with this podcast is record and this will be done in two parts um, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll talk some some more because I think there's so much that we need to uh, we we need to say. Um, I'm learning. Um, I we, want to. We all are. I want to ask a, a question uh, mm. that I that I decided that I would make part of make a staple of of this podcast. Tea and talk mm -hmm. is to ask my guests what is Bahamian. You. Well, I am a Bahamian, yes. But mm -hmm. are there any attributes? Any? No. The the Bahamian is a commitment to the Bahamas. That's that's what it is. It's a commitment to the Bahamas. Uh, and uh, it's not it's not somebody born on West Street. It's not somebody um, who takes up uh, permanent residence. It's not somebody who's a particular color. It's someone with a commitment to this country. Gotcha. A 100% commitment to this country. That's awesome. Well said. Well, well, my brother Pat, I yes. want to thank you very much for uh, allowing me to come into your space and 
and have this conversation with you. Um, there's much more that we have to talk about, and we will do that uh, in the preceding months. Mm -hmm. um, but this has been a, a, a lesson for me. Um, and um, I just want to thank you for just, just, just being here. Well, it's really, I, I, I'm just um, awestruck that you've created this vehicle. I want to congratulate you. It's something that is absolutely needed, and I, I hope that it gets the kind of uh, dissemination that it needs to get. Well, thank you. Because I think you're doing an awesome job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and it's encouraging, and thank you for the encouragement. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to do this again soon. My pleasure. Well, thank you, and have a good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for listening to to this podcast. Um, please listen out uh, sometime. Well, we try to drop a, like two a week, so um, please listen out, um, and thank you for listening. You're listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.